Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. To me, this interview with Penn Jillette kind of changes the tenor of the Omarosa uh, conversation. Does Mark Burnett have tapes of President Trump saying damaging things during Celebrity Apprentice? Yes, I was in the room, says Penn Jillette. You've heard him say, oh yeah. Will you tell us what you heard him say? No. Now, Mark Burnett, according to Donald J. Trump, says... There are no such tapes that were made on the set of The Apprentice. We know, being in this business, that he might not necessarily know what tapes there are. Right. The top guy isn't going to know what some tape tech thought was funny. We don't know what Michael's recording. Or, actually, in the building we're in, anybody can be recording us anytime. Anytime we're around a microphone. Yeah. Which is chilling. Which is chilling. It's amazing we still have a career. (laughs) (laughs) So, Yeah. yeah. I, I I do have some concern about us all becoming paranoid weirdos if everybody's taping everything all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. True. I mean, we're all, it's already so paranoid and weird already 
with when you try to fire somebody that they have to have lawyers present and 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 and, and the people who do the firing they can't say anything. They can't say to you, you know, I really liked working with you. You're a good person. I hate doing that. You can't say that. No. Because they might go, you said he was a good person, yet you fired him. Wrongful dismissal. Suing you for $100,000. Yeah. So we're already down that road. But now you throw in the added element of everything could be recorded. God, it's going to make us paranoid weirdos. Yeah. In private conversations with your friends, there's no such thing as a private conversation. And then if it gets out, nobody dismisses it as a private conversation. They take it as if it's in a published statement. Right. Which is uh, willful dishonesty. They're, uh, you know, they can, you can whip up a crowd with it because the crowd is probably too stupid to understand the difference or just doesn't want to understand the difference. But, you know, that's, that's now, willful dishonesty. Maybe I'm being hypocritical because I take up, for instance, Peter Strzok's texts. You know, some of them to have some meaning when he could say it was a private conversation with somebody I was having sex with. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a couple of glasses of wine, and I'm just trying to make her happy. Right. I'm just going he along with that. He should have gone with thing. that defense. That's true. He did not. Instead of the smug face. <laughs> his, oh, now he's smug. Look at that. His GoFundMe is up to almost $300,000. As we said yesterday, brilliant move by him and his lawyer to turn it into a, if you hate Trump, support me with, with dollars thing. Right. Because people feel the need, so they send dollars. In the same way that you'd buy Omarosa's stupid freaking book, I guess, and feel like you're damaging Trump somehow. Right. And uh, in the same way the victims of 9-11, their families got rich, and the victims of the first World Trade Center bombing got nothing. Just people have this spasm, they want to show they care, and they do it with money. It's an odd impulse. Happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. Peter Strzok deserves 300 k your money? Why? Because he's a victim of Trump, the Trump machine. He's the new Hitler. Or something. Uh, Everything we know about Easter Island may be wrong. Stay tuned for that. I know very little about Easter Island, so that will protect me. The heads? That's what I know. Aliens. All right. Clearly, clearly aliens. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, uh, the uh, San Francisco has formed a brand new poop control. So we were talking, uh, talking about that with Hanson. Um, so everybody's arguing about, uh, not arguing, but discussing what the Space Force badge should be. We know what the Marine symbol is, the Navy, all that sort of sure. What should it be for Space Force? How about the Poop Patrol in San Francisco? Durr. What kind of badge do you have on your arm as the Poop Patrol? Oh, boy. Not a good one. Good work if you can get it. Going around picking up human poo. And spraying down the pavement with the disinfectant. Uh, yeah. Um, See, so I was going to read one of the quotes because I really liked it. Number one complaint, city of San Francisco's filthy sidewalks, and that filth came out of somebody's colon. It's crap. It's crap? It's crap. There's a consultant hired by the city. Here it is. I think I had the quote here. They're about a, um, in about a month, a team of five public workers known as the Poop Patrol will start patrolling the alleys around Polk Street in San Francisco. I hope they have cool vehicles to ride around in. Uh, And I hope they don't go with a, you know, Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile uh, idea. People called 311 in San Francisco. That's how you report uh, poop on the street. 14,000 plus times in the first half of the year. Less than eight months. Yeah. 14,000 times. It's absolutely amazing. Now, Jack, you know me in statistics. It could be four or five people called for a single dump. So. 
Joe's going to make the argument that there's not poop everywhere in the streets of San Francisco. Oh, no, no, no. Far be it from me. Um, (laughs) Here's here's my problem with the whole poop on the streets thing. 65 calls a day, by the way. Um, And maybe it's because... uh, So even if if each one was getting five calls, that's like 12-ish fresh (laughs) ones every day? And it's a significant increase as well. What if they all eat... At that Mexican restaurant that gives people uh, problems all the time. <laughs> and then you have dump real, all you want. You ever, I hope you dump a lot. Where did that come <laughs> Mr. from? Mr. President. Wow. <laughs> Sir. That was childish by my standards. Wow. I'm very sorry, but you was, have standards? Are we broadcasting to my children? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> they shouldn't be listening. Yeah. You know, our six to eight year old demos have been a little weak lately. We had a meeting, you couldn't make it. God, little boys, and they're they're amused the the fact that how much they are amused by either uh, flatulation or poo. Never grow up, boys. That's my advice oh, to you. Geez. The world is hard. A little laugh now and again keep you young. I don't mind them being amused by that. I just I hope they outgrow it at some point, rather than not be twenty five and still giggle at the idea of somebody flatulating. Um, but uh, so. Here's, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, he's a killjoy, folks. Here's my problem. He has with, redeeming qualities. Here's. <laughs> That's very charitable of you. Um, so here's my problem with the people pooping on the street. It gets all the attention. This guy says something about, you don't want to walk out and squish it, blah, blah, blah. Sure. To me, no. How about Ugh. less emphasis on the actual physical existence of the poo on the street, which I understand why we're talking about, because it's gross and it's a health hazard and all that sort of stuff. How about the existence of the sort of person that poos on the street Right. that you need to be worried about? The sort of person that's capable <laughs> of pooing on the street, certainly capable of stealing from you, decent chance they're capable of harming you. That's what I'm worried about. Sure. I'll be okay with the poop on the street. I'll walk around it. I might not be okay walking by that guy. My business might not survive because people don't want to come in my coffee shop because they're hanging around out front. That's the problem. The human beings, not the poop. The poo is a symptom, not yeah. the disease. Yeah. Well, it's both. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely true. They've tried various ways to, to, to make poopatoriums available to the, uh, the home free. Um, but, but they always end up in prostitution and sex and people sleeping in there and all sorts of insanity. I don't, I don't understand why you can't have a marine barracks style, open, well lit area. Maybe minimal privacy. I remember they had no stall doors on my school's uh, 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 stalls for a while. I can't remember how old I was, whether that was in elementary school or middle school or high school. But oh, I hated that because you, you couldn't have doors because there'd be hijinks. Oh, wow. I was I like, I'm not going to hide chink. No. I just, I got to right. go. And I want the door shut. I don't want anybody looking at me. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, you've been through the armed forces. You're like, yeah, you'll be fine. God, I remember getting used to it. I don't know if this is even true or not. I heard this very young. I wanted to be a, 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 a join the military at various points in my life. I was really into the idea. Particularly, I wanted to join the Marine Corps because my uncle was a Marine and he was a super tough guy, and that seemed like a cool thing to be. Mm-hmm. It is a cool thing to be. It didn't just seem that way. It is a very cool thing to be. Anytime I meet a Marine, I think that's a cool thing to be. Um, but I heard the story early on about having to uh, do your thing, on the, and they had a toilet just like in the middle of this big hall, right? Nothing around it. And I heard that, and I thought, I can't do that. Mm. Other things, you know, maybe I can work toward being able to lift this much or run that far or whatever, survive this heat or whatever. Climb over the old uh, ladder thingy. But right. the pooping in a giant room full of people with nothing around, I'm, yep. I'm not sure I'm I can ever do that. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I was a child, but yeah. it just sounded horrible to me. Yeah. yeah. 
But getting back to the problems of urban America, surely we can come up with some sort of facility? I don't know. Then you'd have to hire a guard, I guess. Nice gig. Oh, boy. What do you do? I guard uh, where the homeless people poop. I'm a bum crap house attendant. (sighs) (sighs) Gotta hire computers for that. Robots or something. Yes! Robots! (laughs) I'm not sure that's a job robots can do. I mean, I think that's one of those things that only a human being could do. You could, like, have their eyeballs be cameras, and you could keep an eye remotely. And then have them be, in effect, drones that would, I don't know, spray people with hoses or something. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. Hey, I'm still working on it, all right? (laughs) Forgive me for not solving this vexing problem. Okay. I'm kind of interested in more information on that Catholic Church story, but it's pretty oogie. Yeah, it's highly troubling. God dang it, I thought they were... How recently was some of that stuff going on? That's what I'd like to know. Since the Great Awakening, years ago, where everybody realized this was a thing? Were they still doing it? Hiding these people and covering their tracks? Yeah, I don't don't know about that, but there was a hell of a lot of it in the last uh, couple of decades. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience Of of the nation. We have to do a show tomorrow. The contract says it. Um, And we can probably get to one or the other of this then, but I have something really interesting and cerebral on the topic of race. Or something pretty interesting and fairly cerebral on the death penalty. So I'm offering you race or the death penalty. Wow. This is classic talk radio right here. Right. What do you want? How about grandparents' visitation rights? Ah, right then. I'll choose. We'll do the <laughs> we'll do the race thing uh, later, um, maybe tomorrow. It's, a, it's 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 a scientific perspective that once again makes clear the ridiculousness of tribal politics and the constant appeal to ethnicity in politics. It's just it's not based in anything but the desire to frighten you or, or entice you into voting one way or another. It's a tool to use you. Death penalty is one of the few things that I've changed my mind on as an adult. I can only come up with a couple. Gay marriage, I suppose, would be the other one. I'm less and less comfortable with it, uh, the death penalty, <clears throat> for a number of reasons. And I was convinced, <clears throat> boy, this, this is tough, too. And I was convinced by Steve Earle, the musician, in one of his screeds during a concert. And I hate those political screeds. Ah, this I is complicated. Them. He actually changed my mind. Wow. What did he say? Um, well, it's it's pretty long, but he goes through the laundry list of why people, uh, why he's against the death penalty. Uh-huh. And he, he goes through all the stuff that I didn't even agree with, a lot of the stuff he said. He said, uh, I'm not against it because it's uh, um, unfairly applied to blacks versus whites. I'm not against it because it punishes poor people as opposed to black people. All this stuff, a bunch of stuff Rich that I didn't people, even agree yeah, with. Yeah. He said, "I punish. I, I'm against it because I I think it's unhealthy for people to think this is going to resolve something in their grief, uh-huh. and it never does, right. and it never will. And I actually believe that that's true. Mm-hmm. That you wait around thinking when that happens, somehow I'll be more whole or whatever. And I don't believe that 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 it works that way for the human psyche. Interesting." 
Well, we can and, get and, into that. And you can apply that to lots of things in your mm-hmm. life. When that person finally gets punished, whether it's your old teacher, mom, boss, whatever, then that, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, as a lover of liberty, I would I would sum up my feelings at this point, which are still a little wishy-washy, honestly, that it's an enormous power to grant the state to take lives, and they're not good enough at it. They're bad at it. They've made too many mistakes. Um. Anyway. You can also make just the dollar cents argument that especially in California, but a lot of places around the country, you're paying five times as much to keep a person behind bars, and they're never going to be executed anyway. Yeah. So uh, just uh, what this story is about is a couple of different things, but one is uh, the politics of it. Nebraska, the story's out in Nebraska. They uh, off the guy for the first time since 1997 this week. Uh, as they mentioned in the uh, failed New York Times, they have a particularly complicated history with capital punishment. Before Tuesday, the state had not carried out an execution since 97, never killed anybody by uh, lethal injection. Uh, in 97, they used the electric ca- chair. Ooh, as recently as ninety seven, yeah. Anyway, man, that's rough. Listen to this. I this would is, ask, can you shoot me in the head? I don't. I'm scared of being electrified. I'm not that scared of somebody shooting me in the head. Date me, please. Then have somebody shoot me in the head. I won't feel a thing. Anyway, a bipartisan mix of Nebraska legislators voted in 2015 to outlaw capital punishment, citing a mix of moral and financial reasons. The governor vetoed that, and they overrode the veto said no more snuffins in Nebraska by large majorities. But then the Republican governor and his family bankrolled a ballot referendum, and Nebraskans voted overwhelmingly to reinstate the death penalty. Death penalty is popular nationwide. It's a majority win. Death penalty. So I found that really an interesting uh, back and forth by the people in the legislature of Nebraska. It's not actually what the article is about. It's about the fact that prison officials wouldn't announce in advance what drugs they were going to use because the various drug companies say, no, no, you can't use our drug. That would hurt our reputation. We heal people. We don't kill them. God, that whole, uh, he twitched a little before he died. Ah, whatever. Shut up. See, there's where I <laughs> I am weird on the death penalty in that I read about these people's crimes. I could kill them with my bare hands and yep. sleep like a baby afterwards. I have no problem with them being snuffed. Yeah, see, that's that's true, too. Which is why I'm so I have so much ambivalence about this, but yeah the the, the idea that well those drug cocktails might not be safe well you know what Whatever. they killed somebody brutally so uh, but anyway they kept it secret so nobody could make that argument and the state supreme court said no no drug companies can claim damage because it's uh, they used fentanyl that's killing everybody in the opioid epidemic talk about an elegant solution to the extent that this ought to happen at all I mean. You kind of go to sleep, and then you're dead. Uh, does that ring a bell? Thousands and thousands of deaths. Ohio, West Virginia, anybody? Bueller, anybody? Um, and, yeah, it, it worked fine. The guy went to sleep, then he was dead. Um, the, the, the whole drugs aren't safe argument, et cetera, et cetera. That's a canard. It's a red herring. They're just trying to delay any way they can because they are against the death penalty i don't appreciate the fake argument honestly right given what these guys many of these guys have done that's so abhorrent um but you know i guess you use any means at your disposal if you think it's uh um you know an unforgivable violation of human rights bill clinton was elected as a democrat and and he was in favor of the death penalty uh, I don't think you could get the nomination as a Democrat being in favor of the death penalty now. 
No, probably not. We have uh, for years offered to hold an Armstrong and Getty super guilty court where we will decide if somebody is so clearly guilty, they get off. But, um, you know, the desire for vengeance is strong. And I can hear the keyboards clicking right now as people write a strongly worded emails and texts and, and the rest of it. Um, but given the unreliability of witness testimony, for instance, jailhouse snitches, memories being imperfect, etc. Um, and given the misery of living out your days in a little uh, cage. That's no treat. Yeah. Yeah. But I respect people who, who take a more uh, old school view of it, too. I, I get it. These guys don't deserve to live. Take victims like they have. Like the. Uh, no, they don't deserve to live. There's like no the Golden doubt about State it. killer guy, the East Area Rapist. I don't know what he deserves. There's, well, there's no, there's no equaling the scales. No, it doesn't. Like Steve Earle was saying. Yeah. And, and, and Michael, I, uh, I'd like to request hardcore troubadour, Jack, if you have a Steve Earle <laughs> request. But yeah, that, 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 is, that is a mistake I have made with lots of things in my life that anybody can make. There's no balancing things out. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, you want it to, but it doesn't. No. Yeah. But, but again, I respect people who think differently. It's a vexing issue. It's vexed mankind for many moons. Of course, it wasn't too long ago that people were routinely tortured and dismembered in the most horrible ways, which is why human beings are my least favorite species. It's insane to keep the death penalty going in California. But but the people that a lot of the people that are completely anti-death penalty are pro, uh, you know, uh, prison unions and all these other things. So uh, they don't mind keeping the death penalty going the way it's constituted in California. It's an extremely profitable business. It's yeah. an incredibly profitable business, and good news for you, nobody gets executed. Right. So you can be for the death penalty and nobody dies. It's like if I was getting rich protecting people from space aliens. Yeah, exactly. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Al Trump takes legal action against Omarosa, Manafort's defense team's surprise move, and the FDA is approving a new birth control phone app. Coming up. Birth control phone app. Not exactly sure how that works. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, I never know who's a troll or not. Our conversation about the uh, death penalty. Um, so, when did A&G get so weak on fighting crime? Is that uh, just a troll? Mm. Yeah, either that or it's just an argument not worth answering. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I know. A lot of people commenting on uh, the uh, new Paris urinals in which they're out in the open, and you can see people whizzing. Article in USA oh, Today today, yeah. I saw it in the New oh, York Post. Oh, man. Yeah, nasty. It's, it's to avoid the sort of thing we were talking about earlier in San Francisco, so people don't turn them into a place to do drugs or sleep or turn tricks. Um, they're just kind of out in the open. Right. You got your back, but it's like tourist spots. There's a picture like right by the river where all the tourists walk around, and you just, as a guy, walk up to the urinal and stand there and do your thing. But we all do it We're, as a beast. Everybody urinates. It shouldn't be that shocking, should it? That, yeah, I know, but it's gross. It is exposing your genitals. Yes. I don't want it. 
Oh, they're doing it in Paris. Put them away. Let's get the news now with Marcia Phillips. Well, the 2016 Trump campaign is filing arbitration against Omarosa Manigault Newman. For, I, don't, I don't know what this means. It's for her alleged violation of the non-disclosure agreement. The agreement purportedly signed in 2016. President Trump and Newman have been engaged in a war of words since the former reality TV star released a tell-all book about her time as a White House staffer. They want her to shut up or they will force her to pay millions of dollars in fines, this, allegedly. This from the ACLU on the president's um, non-disclosure agreements yep. that he apparently had everybody sign. Yep. According to the ACLU, such a broad agreement is unenforceable because the First Amendment protects a federal employee's right to speak in a private capacity about matters of public concern. I would agree. And certainly the functioning of the presidential administration raises many issues that are of public concern. I would agree with that, too. But they're going to arbitrate it, and I think they'll get their comeuppance, honestly. If you could, Even though I think uh, Omarosa is a congenital liar and a loathsome human being. If you could make people who join the White House sign these things and never talk, right. first of all, every president would do it. And we would never have any of these books, these great books that are written throughout history, where we find out what the Kennedy administration thought right. about the Vietnam War. It's, uh, wouldn't that happen? Right. We just never learn these things. Right. So uh, Trump was famously tweeted this morning, called her a dog. Yep. Good work by General Kelly for quickly firing that dog. Um, Bad dog, he said. Uh, drew immediate backlash. Representative Frederico Wilson. Let me guess. Yeah. Member of the Congressional Black Caucus tweeted, How dare the president call Omarosa or any black woman a dog? It's a racial thing. Right? It's disgusting. Uh, Woman of color, a dog. It's a racial thing. The Wall Street Journal points out that um, Mr. Trump has referred to other people as dogs. For instance, uh, he said Senator Marco Rubio of Florida was sweating like a dog, ignoring the fact that dogs don't sweat. And Senator Ted Cruz of Texas was choking like a dog. <laughs> Earlier this year, he said former strategist Steve Bannon was dumped like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, meanwhile, and that's pretty good on the Wall Street Journal yeah. to come up with other examples, not black people that he called right. dogs. Meanwhile, Omarosa claims she's got more tapes and plans to blow the whistle on President Trump, except now the controversy's moved into the courts. Mm, fine. Meanwhile, Paul Manafort's defense team is resting its case without calling a single witness. This, we are told, is typically done when lawyers believe prosecutors have not met their burden in proving their case. Oh, really? Yep. It's or not they the, got no witnesses. It, it's, it's not the, uh, you know I'm guilty, we all know I'm guilty, let's get this over with. Hey, it's Jim, not that. Jim, have you found anybody to stand up for this guy? <laughs> not a one, not a soul. The former Trump campaign chief is facing charges of bank and tax fraud that came out during the investigation into Russian meddling in the U.S. election. But the charges do not relate to any allegations of Russian election interference or coordination with the Trump campaign. All right. I'll probably have a quick wrap up on that. Well, please wrap it up. Please. The FDA is approving a new birth control app as a form of contraceptive. It is called Natural Cycles, and it tracks a woman's fertility based on their daily body temperature. And then it will inform women when to use protection or abstain from sex altogether. Ah, uh, the rhythm method. When they are most fertile. Yes. That won't get sued? Well, I probably have big old disclaimers on it. Oh, say. There, there, sure there, blah, blah, blah. there'd have to be. The whole taking the temperature and, and, and getting it on thing. Yep. I remember that. Yep, the Back when we were trying to have kid number one, very difficult. Kids number two and three, whoo, 
Yeah. Effortless. Yeah. I, I effortlessly impregnated my wife. It's romantic when I say it that way. Congratulations. Yeah. I didn't want it to be effortless. I wanted it to require effort. Right. Over and over again. As many times as it took. The FDA says fewer than two out of every 100 women who use the app for a year will get pregnant. Hmm. Two out of every 100. It's an old joke. What do you call a woman who uses the rhythm method? Mom. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> that would imply that she has given birth. Exactly. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty show, The Conscience of the Nation. So you're asking whether you should take your kid to the gigantic shark movie? Oh, I want to ask Sean about that. Yeah, the Meg. Maybe, maybe I'll ask him that next. You're going to ask a, an unmarried, unchilded slacker millennial? No, I have. The definitive family movie uh, review guide for it. To let you know what's in there. Well, I could look it up if I wanted to. I wanted to know what Sean thought. No. His opinion is worthless. <laughs> well, first of all, Jason Statham's biceps were really good. Because <laughs> he had to punch a shark in the face. Yeah, several times. The petering out is coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I wanted to ask Sean, because the number one movie in the country right now is The Meg. It's about this giant shark named Meg, I guess. <laughs> Shut up, Meg. That's not precisely correct, <laughs> Meg but go the shark. on. Let's not get hung up. I was just asking Sean briefly, is it some sort of thing I could take a, a young kid to? Uh, now, my precise thing on whether you should or shouldn't take your kid i don't i don't know kids in general i've never had one sure. i've you know watched some uh, in various stages but and i don't know you that were a child i assume i was i was <laughs> confirmed and i don't know your particular child's temperament but there is very much a lot of shark related violence right there's not like there's not explicitly a lot of shown death but there's a lot of implied right like full about, boats getting how, sunk or swallowed up whole and any teat any boobs no no uh like <laughs> Nah, the worst thing you could say. How about the language? Any uh, f bombs? Uh, uh, it's PG thirteen, so if yeah. anything, it's there's one of them because gotcha. that's one of the hard lines they have on it. The only uh, toplessness is done by dudes. Everything else is on the beach. Um, so there's you know swimsuits and bikinis. I have your detailed breakdown, right. Jack. My favorite family movie reviewing site, which I uh, actually used at times. In real life, there's no youngsters. In real life, there's no chance we'll go to any movie anytime. But back to Joe. Well, and and how confusing is it for children that the breasts sustain them, then moments later they're never allowed to look at one? <laughs> that's, that's odd. Uh, <laughs> moments later. <laughs> it's been the next 20 years trying to find more. Yes. This website says typically age 14 plus for this movie. Parents say a little younger. Uh, here's what they have in there. God, kids differ so much, though. I got one kid that, not with this movie, I, uh, but in just in general, can handle some stuff my other kid can't at all. That's why I'm going to break it down for you. They rate movies on a, a several different classifications. Seven, as a matter of fact. Number one, are there positive messages in the movie? Yeah, I don't know. Off with people or fish that are anthropomorphized. Uh, they don't really get into that. Are there positive role models and representations? One on a scale of five, Jack. Yeah. One on a scale of five. I'm guessing I wouldn't agree with them on how they look at that stuff, but... Why, would you, why would you assume that? A violence I care about. I'm getting there. Violence, four on a five scale. 
Ooh. Violent as hell. Well, a shark eating somebody. I don't care about that violence. I care about, uh, like, beating somebody to death or shooting somebody or rapes. I care about that in a child's movie. Uh, <laughs> Not well, a lot of that in kids' movies. All right, you want to talk about violence? And positive Sean wouldn't notice these things because, again, childish, a childless slacker. Many characters die. There's some blood, wounds, blood swirling in the water. And, of course, there are shark attacks, often sudden and startling, plus lots of explosions and tons of destruction and carnage. Many dead and mangled sharks and other sea creatures are shown. A woman is accidentally Megan. stabbed with a screwdriver, and a young girl is briefly in peril. Language is infrequent. It's three on a five scale, bad language, but includes uh, the S-word, son of a beach, bastard, and others. Let's right. see. Sacks one on a five scale. Jason Statham appears shirtless, and there's a bit of flirting. Thank God. <laughs> and you try to be next to a shirtless Jason Statham and not flirt. Please, I would. <laughs> Consumerism, one on a five scale. Oh, my God. So at least, Consumerism. There's, at least there isn't too oh much consumerism. Oh, my God. That shows you who's coming up with this. Consumerism. So they're worried about it like being the things that are movies to sell things? No, it, 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 mean, it makes buy, buying things sound attractive. It's two on a five scale for drinking, drugs, and smoking. They do uh, point out that uh, Statham's character is also accused of drinking too much and is shown holding or opening bottles of beer early in the movie. Some non-white characters are portrayed somewhat cartoonishly. You see, that sort of crap. It's about a giant shark. The entire movie is cartoonish. (laughs) (laughs) Meg the shark. Shark the size of an office building. Megan! You know, a lot of your, a lot of your, shut up, Meg. A lot of your Disney movies are just, and and again, Harry Potter, which I started reading, you know, several years ago now. It's it's it starts with a little boy watching his mom and dad be murdered in front of him. Yes, I mean that's gruesome. Yes, but with magic, somebody will sneak into your home while you're sound asleep and kill your parents in front of you. Right, I wouldn't. Think that would be good for and little kids. And attempt to kill you. Well, and try to kill you, but and fail. And you survive for reasons that are unknown, your uncertain. M- your mom dies trying to save you. I mean, that's pretty gruesome. Yeah. I'm guessing that if you just threw that out there, uh, most people would think that's not for kids, and kids eat it up. And you know, and the and the uh, the the beating and dismemberments of a coyote just attempting to get a meal. I see that in cartoon form all the time. <laughs> The coyote, although ostensibly wily, doesn't appear to be all that wily. Tortured nearly to death several times in this episode. Right. For your amusement. Torturing animals for your amusement. That's what you want? (laughs) All right. And the consumerism. You buy this Acme roller skate thing and you'll be happy. Consumerism once again. At least he didn't drink that much, or did he? Did he sometimes have the jug with that XXX on it? I don't, I don't remember, really recall. I don't remember <laughs> Wiley super genius drinking, but he had a lot of consumerism. Buy the Acme rocket. Yeah, well, buyer beware. That S doesn't seem to work very well. Well, I'm sure it's an operator malfunction. All right, I'm looking at, uh, is there another uh, family movie site that reviews Meg? I'm just curious how they look at them. It would be interesting to compare them. Yeah. I am I am worried that my ability to go see these movies that are only good because they're so bad genre, which is yeah. what Movie Pass was specifically designed for, in sure. my opinion, I could see that with Movie Pass essentially going the way of the dodo, it feels like that. I don't. I got to find another way to see these because I got to see them, but I I'm not yeah, paying full right, retail. Right, you have to pay the you hate to pay the full price to see something that I wonder if this is bad enough to be entertaining right. or is it just bad? I'll, I'll happily pay full ticket price for prestige stuff that I sure. think is actually going to be good, but yeah. but these sort of you know empty calories for the movie things like these. <laughs> 
these are the these are the movies that are going to suffer the most when Movie Pass goes away. It's interesting what bothers different people. You know, there are people that that the worst thing that could happen in a movie is a nipple is shown. Yeah, and uh, and for whatever reason, we'll let the violence slide by. And I'm I'm definitely the other way on that. Yeah, that's a weird uh, vestige of our Puritan past in this country. I've always thought it was insane. I mean, you you see somebody sliced, bludgeoned, shot, burnt, whatever. That's just fine. But by God, you see a human breast, Katie bar the door. Time to boycott the network and march in the streets. Just what's the matter with you? I don't know. Oh, hey, we, you know what we haven't talked about is uh, that uh, Keith Ellison, the first Muslim elected to Congress, right? The, the, the ultra-liberal uh, Minnesota guy decided not to run for Congress. He wanted to be the state attorney general. Maybe positioning himself himself eventually for a gubernatorial run. Next girlfriend's accusing him of domestic violence the day before the primary. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Why'd she sit on it till then? I don't know. Her son actually accused him of it. And then his mom said, yeah, it's true. He, it's, he, he it, did these it's things. It's possible that she just couldn't stomach it the closer it got to the election. Yeah. yeah. Huh. We'll have to follow that. The election's today, right? Yeah. That's a hell of a day-before-election surprise right there. Yeah. Let's get your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, everybody. Let's get a final thought from everybody to put a cute little bow on the whole thing. Michelangelo, what's your final thought? All right, listeners, help me by writing Congress to create laws to prevent brand-name product use in movies and encourage more generic product use so that young people will have better spending habits. There you go. Thrifty consumerism. I like it. Positive Sean, final thought? Yeah, I've been doing some stuff with the Positive Sean blog. I've been adding some things on there. It's on the website, armstrongandgetty.com. My most recent entry, What is AstroTurfing? Took a piece from uh, the last week tonight show that I like so bad. Cool. Oh, Marsha Phillips, what is your final thought? I'm uh, feeling very manly. I'm going to be heading out this afternoon to buy a new chainsaw for some Fueled by the Grape tree trimming yes! with my cousin this oh, weekend. Booze yes. and yes. tools! Yes. yes! Yes! Good luck. I might have a website called Booze and Tools. Have a tourniquet on hand is my advice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Yes, we're going to do another one of our long-form podcasts. This with uh, show favorite Mike Lyons. About uh, we're going to talk to him about being in the military and how the military has changed over the years and military families and all that sort of stuff should be really interesting. Yeah, and uh, world event stuff too, probably. But who knows where the discussion goes? He's a bright guy and a really interesting one. Uh, my final thought comes from one Alexis de Tocqueville. This is based on the fact that the Gallup poll for the first time ever showed Democrats more favor of. Uh, socialism than uh, the free market. Democracy and socialism have nothing in common but one word, equality. But notice the difference. While democracy seeks equality and liberty, socialism, socialism seeks equality in restraint and servitude. And he wrote that in 1837, I think? Uh-huh. It's true then, true now. But it that, is a siren song of liars. But that's been known for damn near 200 years. Well, longer than that, but... Well, people keep going for the siren song in yeah. your uh, your mythology. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people, thanks for a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Love to hear from you. If there's something we ought to be talking about. Were you scatting in honor of Aretha Franklin? Yeah, a little bit. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act.
uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. You here. have heard the tape. I have heard Since the publication tape. of this book. Absolutely. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.